You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 175. Welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. This week's song by Matthew West, Broken Things, has had me really thinking this week. I spent some time in God's Word around a couple of parables and then gave myself some margin to ponder and consider and to have some discussions with friends. And before we jump into the book of Matthew and kind of sneak over to the book of Jonah, let's listen. The thing about this week's song as it relates to our goal of being inspired to read scripture is that there are some specific references that we're going to go ahead and track down. But there are also some broader ideas that are worth mentioning and talking about and make the song a super powerful tool to meditate on God's truth. You see, the more you take sections of scripture, the stories that you read, the parables, the shorter New Testament letters, the longer Old Testament books, The more you add to what you've read and what you read and what you're familiar with, the more Bible interaction tool exercises that you add to your repertoire of tools to interact with God's word, then all of a sudden you can go deeper and begin to gain a deeper understanding of larger themes in scripture. Maybe even themes that you have heard mentioned in sermons and Bible studies, but now all of a sudden, because you have all of this wonderful scriptural context, they come alive to you. And this is what Matthew West has done in his song, Broken Things. You see, he looks at all of scripture and says through song, wait a minute, you use broken people. I can prove it because I've read all about them. It's never the perfect, it's always the ones with the scars that you use. Oh, it's the rebels and the prodigals, it's the humble and the weak. All the misfit heroes you chose tell me there's hope for sinners like me. Okay, so we know that God uses broken things. And I believe Matthew West when he sings about it because I've read the stories about the misfit heroes and the rebels and prodigals and the humble and the weak. I've read all those stories too. And you see what I'm trying to say? I mean, when you when you take a step back and look at these stories and ask, who is it that God used? Uh, my friend Keith Farron shared a great list and I'll link to it in the show notes. You can always find 
additional resources, a link to the YouTube video. Usually I try to find the lyric videos. Um, I take notes for you on the podcast and I share all of that every week on my website, michellekneesat.com. This week, if you go to michellekneesat.com forward slash 175, you will see this week's show notes. But in Keith's article, um, I think he took it from a sermon that his pastor had given. He had this wonderful list of some of these people, some of these stories, and who they really are. And when you look at the list, it's all people that God used in history. Uh, but let me go ahead and read it to you. Noah was a drunk. Abraham was too old. Isaac was a daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Leah was ugly. Joseph was abused. Moses stuttered. Gideon was afraid. Samson was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy were too young. David was an adulterer and a murderer. Elijah was suicidal. Isaiah preached naked. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Job went bankrupt. John the Baptist ate bugs. Peter denied Christ. The disciples fell asleep while praying. Martha worried about everything. The Samaritan woman was divorced more than once. Zacchaeus was too small. Paul was too religious. Timothy had an ulcer. And well, Lazarus, he he died. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. 1 Corinthians one twenty seven. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. So as I jump into a particular section of scripture, I don't want you to lose the overall encouragement of the song. You may be broken, but God can use you because he has a pattern of using broken things. And the reason I want to encourage you is because the section of scripture we're going to study today, it might just remind you how broken you are. And while God uses broken things, he doesn't leave you broken. You know, it wasn't okay that David was a murderer and an adulterer. He suffered dire consequences for those sins. Rahab didn't stay a prostitute. Peter needed restoring after denying Christ. So I was drawn to a parable in the book of Matthew because of a phrase found in the lyrics of our song. It says, the first will be last and the last will get a crown. Matthew 20 verse 16 says specifically, the last will be first and the first last. And this phrase is found at the end of the parable of the laborers or the laborers in a vineyard. And Jesus taught in parables and a parable is simply an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And Jesus often taught in parables and sometimes even leaving the hearer to his own devices to wonder what he meant. They are illustrations revealing a divine truth. And as with most stories, they're just easier to remember. They were a common form of teaching in Judaism. So let's look at the parable in Matthew chapter 20. For the kingdom of heaven is like the landowner who went out early one morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay the normal daily wage and sent them out to work. At nine o'clock in the morning, he was passing through the marketplace and saw some people standing around doing nothing. So he hired them, telling him he would pay them whatever was right at the end of the day. So they went to work in the vineyard. At noon and again at three o'clock, he did the same thing. At five o'clock that afternoon, he was in town again and saw some more people standing around. He asked them, why haven't you been working today? And they replied, because no one hired us. The landowner told them, then go out and join the others in my vineyard. That evening, he told the foreman to call the workers in and pay them, beginning with the last workers first. When those hired at five o'clock were paid, each received a full day's wage. When those hired first came to get their pay, they assumed they would receive more, but they too were paid a day's wage. When they received their pay, they protested to the owner. Those people worked only an hour, and you've paid them just as much as you paid us who worked all day in the scorching heat. He answered one of them, friend, I haven't been unfair. Didn't you agree to work all day for the usual wage? Take your money and go. 
I wanted to pay this last worker the same as you. Is it against the law for me to do what I want with my money? Should you be jealous because I am kind to others? So those who are last now will be first then, and those who are first will be last. Ah, I really thought a lot about this parable this week. It was enhanced by a discussion regarding our responses at a small group. Uh, in small group, my husband and I attend. We were studying the book of Jonah together, and that's a character right there, Jonah. And so I want to spend the next few minutes talking about the laborers who were hired first. Uh, but first, all of my ponderings this week, were just it, they were just elevated by that small group discussion the other night about Jonah. So I want to start there if I can. Because I want to make some correlations between Jonah and these laborers in the vineyard. Now, Jonah was sent by God to preach a message of repentance to people he despised. He hated them so much that he ran away, almost died, got swallowed by a great fish, and was vomited up on a beach before he decided to obey God. And then when he did obey, he was aggravated because the people repented. In fact, Jonah 4 reads in verse 2, so he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You're eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. The Lord replied, Is it right for you to be angry about this? You see, Jonah's aggravated because God is merciful and compassionate. And slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love and eager to turn back from destroying people. He's aggravated about that. He didn't seem to be aggravated at those qualities of the Lord when he was sinking to the bottom of the sea and God rescued him, even though he was in that predicament because of his own disobedience. You see, God's question here is a rhetorical one, isn't it? Did Jonah have a right to be angry about whom God chose to have compassion? The answer is no. In fact, later on in the chapter, God even says Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? Jonah's angry and pouty and upset because he disagreed with the grace and mercy shown those he did not believe to be worthy. And when we consider our parable, when we put ourselves in the shoes of those who were hired first, those who agreed to a payment of a denarius. You see, we who have been chosen accepted the offer of salvation. We are promised eternal life. We will receive what we have uh, been promised. There will be those who arrive late to the party that way we may disagree with the invitation like Jonah did or that it doesn't seem to be fair. I think of the prodigal son's brother. When we serve God faithfully our entire lives for people like that to receive the same grace. When we take our eyes off of God's grace and focus instead on the recipients of his grace or worse, focus on ourselves. We tend to see the ugly come out, just like these laborers. And here's a few of the characteristics that we can see. First of all, we are self-absorbed. <laughs> we grumble and complain about inequity. We focus more on our work than God's work. This was Jonah's problem. He was focused on his own opinions of the Ninevites, who, by the way, were a savage, savage people. They, they were known for their ability to skin their victims alive. Instead of being focused on God's view of the Ninevites, you see God describes them as living in spiritual darkness. Another version says they didn't even know their right from their left. They were lost. 
And in our parable, the laborers said, um, those people worked only one hour, and yet you've paid them just as much as you paid us who worked all day in the scorching heat. Jonah said, just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. So talk about self-absorbed. Oh, but I can be like that, can't you? Being self-absorbed causes us to miss God. We can also fall into the comparison trap. We ignore God's grace, remaining preoccupied with the status of others. Oh, it is so easy to see the speck in our brother's eye and, and miss the log in our own. The laborers were not joyful for their fellow brothers that the gracious landowner offered them a job. They, they didn't consider that they were blessed for having been chosen first. They didn't have to stand out in the heat all day wondering if they would get a job at all. They completely missed God's grace for themselves because they were so busy comparing their story to the story of others. Let's jump back to Jonah. Uh, he was an Israelite. He was a chosen people, the chosen people of God. He, he was a prophet. He was actually given the very words of God to share with others. He had the truth. He had the law. He had the rearing and the community. He had everything going for him. He even knew the characteristics of God. But he was so busy comparing his status, all of which was freely given to him by a loving and compassionate God, the one he knew. He was so busy comparing his status to the evil that he could see in the Ninevites that he missed it. it, it like being self-absorbed, the comparison trap causes us to miss God. Then next we are plagued with presumption. <laughs> we assume too much when it comes to a reward, forgetting that every blessing is a gift. God is not a gumball machine that we deposit acts of obedience in and get rewards out. I spoke of this a couple of weeks ago. There is a prevailing worldview that God exists to nurture and sustain us. It is an, it's, it's an inaccurate worldview. With that worldview tucked snugly in our back pockets, it's no wonder that we presume that more years of faithful following will result in more health or more wealth or more happiness. You see, the landowners thought when they saw the landowner paying, the, land, the laborers thought when they saw the landowner paying the worker who had worked just a short time a denarius, they automatically thought them to themselves, well, if they deserve a denarius, we will get much more than that for our labor. Jonah thought that God's plan to destroy the Ninevites was a good one. He thought they deserved the destruction planned for them, but that the Israelites did not. The Israelites deserved every act of relenting that God gave them, right? We can't presume to know the mind of God. And when we presume how he will respond in certain situation, we miss it. Presumption causes us to miss God. And finally, we distort things. When we judge others as unworthy, we misunderstand that the entire kingdom is built on grace. We see God through a cloud of our circumstances and we see ourselves as more worthy than we are. We're blinded by our self-absorption, our comparison, and our presumption. We're so blind, we just miss the grace. The very grace that we are the recipients of, just like Jonah, just like the laborers. The very faith that you have was a gift from God and in the first place. The eternal life you've been promised is a gift. And as we've been talking about, God is God and we are not. We cannot presume to know the mind of God. 
Now, you might be thinking I forgot about the Bible Interaction Tool exercises this week. Well, I didn't. Mostly, I used the bite of meditation. You must give yourself the margin to think about what you're reading and studying. Part of that discipline is giving yourself permission to stay in one parable if that's what it takes. I also used a bite of consulting an outside resource. I have a fantastic study Bible compiled by John Maxwell called the Maxwell Leadership Bible. The characteristics that we talked about today came straight from that study Bible. And then finally, the last bite or Bible interaction tool exercise that I used this week was having a discussion with other people. The best way to ensure that you do this is just to go ahead and plug in to some sort of Bible study or small group, or even just regularly schedule something, a get together at a coffee shop with a friend, be really intentional about this. So what's next? Well, I want you to read the story of Jonah. It's just four chapters. And then I want you to read the parable of the laborers in Matthew chapter 20. Consider the characteristics of the people who felt slighted. So Jonah and the laborers. And perhaps pull out your journal and uh, write about any of the characteristics that you may see in yourself. And then pray and ask for clarity to see God's purposes rather than your own, to fix your eyes on the grace of God rather than others. And uh, while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. You can email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. Hop on Twitter at michellekneezat or michellekneezat is my public page. And let's talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank the premier Christian music streaming service, TheOverflow.com, for pointing their subscribers to this podcast, but more importantly, pointing them to God's word through music. When you subscribe to their trial, you will receive a 10-day series of devotions I wrote based on some of my most popular podcast episodes. So I encourage you to check them out at theoverflow.com. I also want to thank my newest subscribers to my website, Piper from Florida, Criseldi from Bahrain, Peggy from Minnesota, Kim from Louisiana, Sean from Minnesota, Maria from Florida and Lucky from Texas and Seal from Australia. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website will benefit from an email that I send out once a week. And in that email, you will get a memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can even print it out. You get an email recap of the week's episode and you'll get instant access to any of the resources that I create for my podcast from time to time. All of that, all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. Now, don't miss an episode of my podcast. You can subscribe directly in iTunes. And while you're there, would you please leave me a written review and a star rating? Uh, This not only encourages me, but it helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Just like Mark and Beth Jones, who graciously write, it's clear that Michelle invests an extensive amount of of her time and energy into this podcast. The content is well thought out and extremely helpful. I too love to discover the scripture behind the songs and her research is thorough. Her podcast also introduces me to music I had not yet heard. And finally, her Bible study techniques, Bites, are also very useful. I recommend this podcast to any parents who want to find a way to start conversations with their kids, who want to recommend podcasts for their kids, and who want to explore more of the beautiful biblical heritage in the music. Wow. Thank you so much for taking the time to write such a thorough and kind review. I really appreciate it. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use the song Whole Heart by Brandon Heath. 
If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellenizat.com forward slash 175. And while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.